You are listening to the Hot Tip Bets Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Hot Tip Bets Podcast. Had quite an exciting weekend in college basketball. All sorts of news, all sorts of games um, happening over the weekend. Some big upsets, um, but we'll get on all that a little bit later. We also got the Super Bowl coming up this coming weekend. Um, so we won't touch on it a little bit in this um, podcast, but we'll get into all that more on Friday's episode. Um, but, you know, give out some picks for this week in college basketball, preview some of those matchups. Um, but before we get into that, let's take a little bit of a recap look um, back at how we did over the weekend um, in college basketball. Starting off on Friday, pretty average day on Friday, um, and to going 2-2 two and two with our picks. The first game we had, we had Detroit taking on Youngstown State. Uh, Detroit um, ends up winning and covering this game 78-75, to 50, uh, 75, um, ended up winning by three, spread was two, so pretty good cover there. Detroit um, did trail for a lot of this game, so it was definitely a great win at the end there to close it out and get us that victory, you know. Antonio Davis put up 25 points and seven assists for Detroit, um, and Detroit just really shot the ball very good, especially in the second half, you know, 55.2 from the field in this game, Youngstown State 44.1 from the field, so um, start out with a win on Friday, unfortunately, it didn't carry over into the next game, though. Appalachian State taken on Troy. App State um, was three and a half point favorites in this game and ends up losing outright 71 to 62. Um, Nick Stapley puts up 23 points and 12 rebounds, getting a double double for him and Troy. Um, and Troy just shot the ball from three way better. You know, Appalachian State couldn't hit anything from beyond the arc in this one, only hit 10.3 or 10.5, that is. Uh, um, from beyond the arc, while Troy hitting 27.3%, which, you know, isn't the craziest <laughs> shooting percentage in college basketball, um, but it's definitely better than what App State was doing. Um, so, end up losing that one. Next thing we had, we had Green Bay taking on Cleveland State. Green Bay, the Green Bay five and a half point underdogs, um, almost sneak out the backdoor cover in this one. You know, Cleveland State ends up winning 74 to 68, so do end up losing that one still. You know, Craig Busen puts up uh, 16 points and six assists for Cleveland State in this one. I mean, Cleveland State, it was really just come down to their three-point shooting, much like the last game. Um, hit 50% from beyond the arc, while Green Bay only hit 23.8. So um, getting another loss for us there. Um, but the last game we had on Friday, we had Coastal Carolina minus 3.5 versus Georgia Southern. Coastal Carolina wins this game 79-62, easily coming this, covering this bed. Um, Tyreek Dixon puts up 21 points for Coastal in this game. Um, had himself one of the better games of his career. Um, and Coastal just shot the ball very well, 50.8 from the field compared to Georgia Southern's 33.9 from the field. So um, really, these games come down, all of these games on Friday came down to one team shooting the ball very good, the a losing team shooting the ball not so good, um, and ended up going 2-2 for Friday's picks. Um, but moving on to Saturday, um, no, we did have a profitable Saturday, ended up going 3-2. Um, we started out in the ACC, you know, a lot of ACC picks on this card, but started out in the ACC, we had Miami taking on Wake Forest. Wake Forest, uh, two-point um, favorites in this one. Wake Forest wins this game 66-54. to um, Devin Wilson puts up 16 points for Wake Forest in this game. And this game really came down to rebounding the ball. Wake Forest rebound, out-rebounded Miami 39-30. to um, And Wake Forest has just been playing very good. ACC basketball as of late. You know, Miami's kind of struggled losing to Wake Forest, lost to Notre Dame last week. Um, they lost to someone else, I think. I can't remember what the third game was, but Miami just kind of been struggling. So get a win there. The second game we had was one of the more impressive covers that I've ever seen. We had Morgan State minus two and a half versus Coppin State. Morgan State ends up winning by three, 79 to 76. Um, and, you know, Troy Baxter Jr. puts up 28 points for Morgan State in this game. 
But Morgan State, they sure they put on a, at the end of the game, you know, they struggled in the second half at times and they, they trailed for more than they led in this game. Um, but at the end of the game, end up putting, putting up some points, um, getting to the line, hitting those free throws, which end up giving them the cover, giving them the, the win in this one. Morgan State, um, it really come down to rebounds, second chance points for Morgan State, 55 rebounds in this one. Coppin State only 38 rebounds in this game. So, uh, Morgan State gets the victory there. Great, uh, fought battle for them. Um, but on the opposite end of that, we had Virginia minus five taken on Virginia Tech. Now, Virginia looked good early in this game. Even late into the game looked pretty good up until about 10 minutes left in the game. Um, had a decent lead. And then Virginia Tech just came storming back. Virginia Tech scored, I don't even know how many unanswered points. They, I think they ended up going like a 25 to five run or something, something crazy like that. Virginia Tech ended up winning 65 to 51. Um, Kevin Loom puts up 29 points and 10 rebounds for Virginia Tech, getting him a double-double in this one. Um, in Virginia, it really come down to they just weren't guarding the three um, as well as they have for a majority of the season. You know, Virginia Tech put up 50 or hit 50% of their shots from beyond the arc in this game. Well, Virginia shot well from beyond the arc at 35.7. Um, just wasn't enough points. Missed late shots that, that would have helped them out. So, end up losing that one. Um, and the other loser we had on Saturday, we had VMI. Uh, Virginia Military Institute plus nine and a half versus UNC Greensboro. UNC Greensboro wins this game, seventy-six to fifty-nine. Um, and Isaiah Miller, or, yeah, Isaiah Miller puts up twenty-five points for UNC Greensboro in this game. Um, and it really, this game comes down to VMI does not holding onto the basketball, not not valuing their possessions enough. Turned it over twenty times in this game. UNC Greensboro only turned it over seven times, um, which was kind of the, the majority of the difference in this. You know, just didn't have opportunities to score points for VMI in this game. Um, so they end up losing that one outright. Um, but we finished the card off with another ACC matchup at Notre Dame plus three and a half versus Pittsburgh. Now, we were on uh, Notre Dame quite a few times this past week, but this one was probably our easiest win of the weekend. Notre Dame ends up winning 84 to 58. Um, Cormac, uh, Cormac Ryan puts up a career high 19 points for Notre Dame in this game. And Notre Dame just shot lights out from beyond the arc, 54.2 from three, while Pittsburgh only 30.8 from three. So um, profitable day on Saturday. Um, and then rolling into Sunday, we only had one uh, play on Sunday's card, pretty small card uh, for a Sunday in college basketball. Um, you can probably guess it. <laughs> well, you know it if you listen to the podcast, but Illinois State taking on Drake. Now, Drake, I didn't like this. I didn't like this Drake spread at all. Drake <laughs> minus 19 is what it ended up being. And I, I didn't like that going at it all. But if you know, have been listening to the podcast this year, you know I've been riding on Drake. Well, I've been on Drake before the going into this game nine times. This was the tenth time I had been on Drake, so we're nine and zero with Drake. But we are now nine and one when betting on Drake. Uh, Drake seventy wins this game in overtime, seventy eight to sixty to seventy six, um, and they're damn lucky that they won this game because this game it came down to a last second shot um, from Illinois State. And if that went in, uh, would have forced the double overtime. You know, the, the Drake could have ended it, could have sealed it. I guess not sealed it, but they could have could have put the score a little higher um, if they would have made some free throws. Um, so, but in the end, doesn't matter. Drake gets the win, doesn't get the cover. They weren't going to cover anyway. Um, Daryl Brody puts up twenty points and ten rebounds for Drake. Uh, but this really game came down to um, Drake just not shooting the ball well from the three at all. Only thirteen point three from beyond the arc, which is not like Drake. This season, usually they're shooting very high. I think on the season, they average like 40% from beyond the arc. You know, Illinois State, 42.9% um, in this game. Um, so get the loss there on Sunday, which leads us into Monday, where Drake is also playing Illinois State again. Um, as I'm recording this, that game is yet to kick off tonight, or tip off, I guess, not kick off. But um, I'm actually not on it tonight. You know, I had <clears throat> given it out on the podcast as a potential play if they won on Sunday, because obviously I've just been rolling with them. Um, 
um, until they lost, which finally happened. Um, and that's not to say I'm not going to bet on Drake anymore this season, because I do think they're still um, a top two team in the Missouri Valley for sure. But at 19 points, I think 18 and a half, even 17, whatever the spread ended up being for Monday's game, it's just it's just too many points. I think Drake will play much better than they did um, against Illinois State um, in the first game. But I just, I just that that spread is just too big. I hate betting spreads that are that high um, in college basketball. So no play for Drake on Monday. But the game we did have on Monday, we had ETSU taking on Wofford minus one and a half. Um, that game is also still taking uh, place in progress at the time of this recording. So definitely check out um, hottipbets.com to see all of the results for all of the podcast picks up there to see how that game ended up finishing. Um, and speaking of the website, um, the NHL rankings, which I've been working on trying to get um, them live on the website for a couple weeks now, they're officially up there. Um, got the rankings all sorted out. Um, as far as being user friendly, I guess. So, um, definitely go take a look at those. Now got college basketball rankings up there for all 357 teams. Um, as well as the more, um, as the top 25 and stuff, um, that comes out Monday morning. So, um, go take a look at that on the website. Also got now NHL and NBA pay, uh, rankings up there. Um, all three of those sports rankings update daily, um, based on matchups. Or not match not based on matchups. I don't I don't know what I'm saying. The rankings <laughs> updated daily, so they're always accurate. So you can check them in the morning. Um, and once the picks for that day post for that sport, um, the rankings um, are updated. So definitely go take a look at all of those. Um, as soon as the MLB season starts, we'll have for sure have rankings up on the website for all of those games. Um, and then of course, you know, in August when football starts back up, we'll have it for college football and the NFL. But um, yeah, make sure you take a look at all of those. Um, and if there is another sport. You know, I'm, we're kind of at the, you know, got all the major U.S. sports, got the UFC, whatever. I don't know that I'm going to have UFC rankings because, honestly, I'm not exactly sure how I would do that. Um, and on horse racing rankings, I, again, no idea how I would do that. <laughs> so, um, but if you want to see, I think probably the next um, major sport that we would move into would probably be like the Premier League um, or Champions League or something, something soccer-based. So, if you, de- if, you're, if you have an idea of what sports that you want to see, um, as far as the computer picks go on the website, definitely hit me up on Twitter or whatever and let me know, um, I guess, what you want to see. Um, I would love to get golf picks up on the website, too. But again, I'm not exactly sure how to <laughs> how to how to make all that work with the computer picks model. So um, if I figure something out, definitely, um, definitely possible in the future. But as of now, um, go take a look at what's up there. Um, but that's enough news on what's happening on the website. Actually, that's not enough news on what's happening on the website. One more thing before, before we move on to some, some NFL stuff. Um, the website I'm looking or I'm working on kind of a major update to some of the, some of the game previews and whatnot. Um, so definitely take a look out for that. It'll be out sometime probably around March Madness. I would, is what I'm shooting for. Probably the start of March Madness, um, um, to get all that stuff out. So, um, stay tuned for that. Definitely some exciting news coming there. Um, and the next game, or I guess the next, next, moving on, next topic on the podcast, let's take a little bit, a look at the NFL, um, over the weekend, kind of had a, the blockbuster trade of the season, you know, last year we had <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins and David Johnson, um, trade this year, it looks like it's probably at least as of now, <laughs> Jared Goff, um, and Matt Stafford, obviously still have Deshaun Watson up in the air, but, um, we'll talk about that in a second. Anyway, Josh, uh, Josh, <laughs> Jared Goff, um, is traded to the Detroit Lions. Jared Goff, two first round picks and a third round pick are traded to the Detroit Lions for Matt Stafford. Um, which effort my, on first glance, I'm like, man, the Rams got screwed on this trade. The Dolph or the, uh, the Lions, you know, made out. Um, but really, I think this trade is, is pretty good for everyone involved. You know, um, 
the Rams able to get uh, rid of majority of Jared Goff's contract, you know, had absolutely terrible, you know, Jared Goff, Brandon Cooks, and uh, uh, Todd Gurley all had horrible contracts for the Rams, and somehow the Rams got rid of all of them. Now, will their replacements live up to to what those what they those they thought those guys were, or whatever? Who knows? Um, we'll we'll see how Matt Stafford does, um, in LA. But I think it, I think I think the Lions slightly go out on top here, um, because honestly, I'm not a huge fan of Matt Stafford. Um, especially compared to Jared Goff, I think they are very comparable quarterbacks. And honestly, when you're building for the future, I would rather have Jared Goff, you know, younger quarterback, definitely more potential. Um, already, you know, you, you could argue that a lot of his, his success in the past has been McVay, which majority of it sure has, you know, the Super Bowl was all McVay. Um, but I think that Jared Goff will be a good quarterback for the Detroit Lions if they can get the right coaching staff, um, in their form. And those two first rounders, um, well, you, you never know what they're going to be. The Lions play it right. They can be, you know, set for the future with those picks. So um, I like the trade for both sides. I think both sides probably got what they wanted um, in that deal. Um, and I, I do think it's kind of funny that, you know, the only team Matt Stafford said he wouldn't go to um, was the Patriots. Um, I would assume because of Matt Patricia <laughs> being back on the Patriots. But um, just kind of funny there. Um, but that really leads into Deshaun Watson. What is Deshaun Watson's trade value at this point? You know, if Matt Stafford was worth a former first round quarterback, <laughs> two first rounders and a third rounder, what the hell are they going to trade for Deshaun Watson? Um, now, granted, well, not granted. I was going to say the Texans are uh, <laughs> notorious for making bad trades, but Bill O'Brien's gone. So hopefully that means the bad trades are gone. Um, but who knows? Um, it'll be interesting to see. How the how the Deshaun Watson situation plays out, considering um, I can't think of the GM's name for the, the new GM for the um, Texans, but he he said that um, they have I don't know where his right word something like they they have no interest in trading Deshaun Watson at this time or no interest in trading the player at this time something like that. But um, just be interesting to see how that whole situation ends for Deshaun Watson. Um, I don't I can't see it ending well. I, I just I, I don't know I don't know what's gonna happen there. Um, but moving on a little bit about the Super Bowl. Um, not really. I mean, kind of about the Super Bowl. Just something to keep in mind when when you're getting ready to play some of those prop bets um, and stuff. Um, there is rain. Looks like that probably um, going to be hitting Tampa right around the Super Bowl. I mean, it's hard to tell being about a week out still, but definitely something to keep in mind when you're placing placing a bet on some over definitely passing yard overs and and stuff like that. That um, weather definitely could play a factor um, in this Super Bowl. Um, but speaking of bulls, another bull <laughs> that happened over the weekend, the Pro Bowl. Now I can't say I watched the Pro Bowl. Um, I, I, yeah, no, I honestly don't know what it really was at all. I know they were doing something with Madden. Um, but I did see <laughs> on Cardinals Twitter, Kyler Murray was the Pro Bowl MVP. Um, and honestly, that's about all I have to say about that. But um, just another <laughs> Cardinals award, so had to mention it on this podcast. Um, and yeah, as far as Super Bowl prop bets and stuff go, definitely check out um, Friday's episode. That'll be covering all of my favorite um, Super Bowl prop bets, so um, definitely come back for that, but that's enough about the NFL. Let's get into the heart of the podcast. Let's talk about college basketball. Now, the first little piece of college basketball news I got, um, not exactly about this season, um, but looking ahead to next season, Gonzaga's non-conference schedule for next season is already looking to be absolutely stacked. You know, they just um, picked up a game against Duke, um, scheduled for, I, I believe it was Black Friday. Um, the day after Thanksgiving, that is, um, obviously, you know what Black Friday is, but <laughs> it's going to be uh, played in Las Vegas, I think, um, um, obviously, pending everything else. But Gonzaga, Duke, and Vegas, that'll be, should be a good game. You know, Duke's not great this year, 
Um, we'll talk about that a little later, but um, definitely, definitely could be good. Um, they also got a neutral site game against Texas Tech scheduled to be played in Phoenix, um, as well as a couple of um, um, a couple of other matchups playing Arizona and Washington, um, both at Arizona and or no, both at both of those games at home, and then they they're going to be um, headed to Texas to play at Texas, uh, and they're also going to be involved in the Empire Classic featuring Louisville, Providence, and Oklahoma State. Um, and now all these teams that I just listed off, you know, um, Washington, not the greatest team in the world right now, um, but all the other teams are definitely teams fighting for for spots in the tournament. So Gonzaga once again going to have a very stacked non-conference schedule next year. Uh, but not like it matters. I mean, we'll, I mean, obviously we'll see how the roster changes next year. Um, obviously guys are going to leave, but it's it, it'll be interesting to see what what happens in Gonzaga. Um, I, but but before we can't move on to next year yet. Got to finish out this year. Um, and Shaka Smart. Um, speaking of Texas, a little bit kind of, <laughs> he is cleared to come back for Texas. So Texas did struggle. Um, I don't remember who they lost to now. Uh, was it Oklahoma? It might have been Oklahoma, but it might not have been. Oklahoma. I, it was, I, I don't remember who they lost to. Texas lost a game <laughs> last week um, without Shaka Smart, but he's cleared to come back. So um, hopefully that will get them going in the right direction. Um, and another piece of news that happened over the weekend, uh, my favorite announcer, Bill Walton, um, <laughs> kind of went viral during the Stanford-Arizona State game, um, had a cupcake with a candle on it. Um, instead of blowing the candle out, you know, taking it out like a normal person, ate the candle, so, um, <laughs> you know, a lot of people definitely, I know that out there who don't like Bill Walton, um, but to me, I mean, I, I don't want Bill Walton calling every game, for sure not, um, but, you know, when you turn on, um, you know, a, a late tip-off back 12 game, Bill Walton's there, it just makes for a much more enjoyable experience. Um, but moving on, talking a little bit about the ACC, um, while they have not been very good this year, um, one team that looked like they were doing pretty good up until late was Clemson. Um, Clemson has lost now three of their last four games. They've lost, um, that is, and, and those four games are all since coming back out of their COVID break. Um, and, th- and that win against um, <clears throat> Louisville was only like a four-point win. Um, and well, as of now, they'd probably be um, still in the tournament. I think Bracket Matrix still has them at about an eight seed going into the tournament right now. I, I just don't know about this Clemson team. They've really just played like trash <laughs> since coming back off that break, and, and I don't know what to think of them. You know, they've played good teams, sure. They lost to Duke, Florida State, and Virginia. Um, none of those losses are bad by any means, um, and the Louisville win was was a decent win for them. Um, but it just it'll just be interesting to see. You know, they were looked at earlier in the season as one of the best defensive teams in the country, and they've kind of just fallen off a cliff. So um, that'll be interesting to watch out for. Um, but we talked a little bit, moving on a little bit to the Missouri Valley. Talked a little bit about Drake earlier. Um, but the the cover streak has now died. They do not cover against Southern Illinois. Um, not Southern Illinois. <laughs> Illinois State um, on Sunday's game. But as the recording of this, um, the Monday game hasn't happened. But they are still undefeated um, coming into this game. And it'll be really interesting to see how many bids the Missouri Valley ends up getting. You know, Drake and Loyola Chicago... Both teams that are very deserving of bids to the tournament this year. Um, you know, Drake being undefeated, uh, Loyola Chicago one or two losses. You know, they play each other. They're going to play each other back to back here in a couple weeks. So that was, those games will definitely, definitely be good games. Um, but, you know, the last time, I don't think we've seen the Missouri Valley get two bids. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. Um, Should have looked it up. But um, I don't think we've seen them get two bids since Wichita State was in the conference. Um 
And, you know, we used to see, you know, we used to see a lot with Creighton when they were still in the Missouri Valley. Creighton, Wichita State, we got it a couple of times, I know. Um, had Wichita State Northern Iowa in there. Loyola Chicago, um, I think the year they went, I don't remember who else was in there, but I think there was, there was two. I think Loyola Chicago Bradley, actually, those might have been two different years. Um, anyway, <laughs> we haven't seen the Missouri Valley get two bids in a while, but I really think that this year, I think they deserve it. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how high. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm kind of assuming Drake stays undefeated or wins or loses one or two games. But how high these teams will end up being, um, how high they get valued. You know, we saw, I keep saying Wichita State, which is obviously a completely different scenario because they started out the season ranked. You know, they they were in the Maui Invitational and they played a lot better teams in non-conference for sure. I mean, Drake, the only team Drake played in non-conference, only Power 5 school Drake played in non-conference was Kansas State. And I mean, Kansas State is absolutely terrible this year. Um, they got destroyed by Baylor last week. So, <laughs> um, but I, I do think that I, I do think that both these teams are very deserving. One conference that is currently holding on to two bids, but who knows what's going to happen is the West Coast Conference. Now, I'm a big West Coast Conference fan. Um, I, I've <laughs> said multiple times this season um, that the West Coast Conference is the best conference. Um, west of the Rocky Mountains. Um, I would put them above the Pac-12 and the, the Mountain West the majority of the time. Now, it's not looking great um, as of right now. You have BYU, who is, is pretty much the number two team in the conference, been hiding in Zaga, has struggled as of late um, in their last two games. Um, but, but as of now, they're still around you know an eight or a nine seed in most brackets. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening. Um, but we could have some craziness happen um, as far as the top teams in the country go, or the historically top teams in the country, because um, as of right now, there's a good chance that Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, and Michigan State, um, there's no I, I, there's no way they all make the tournament. I, I really don't think that it's that. And I think there's a much better chance that one of these teams makes the tournament. You know, Duke, uh, I think, has the best shot at making the tournament currently, um, but they got to start winning games. You know, Michigan State is... Right now, Michigan State, North Carolina, Kentucky, all on the outside of the tournament looking in at this point. And Duke is not much better. So um, definitely teams that need to win games if they don't want some of those streaks to die. You know, I think Michigan State, if they've made the tournament every year, um, every every year since 1997, which was the second year under Tom Izzo. So um, just be interesting to see. Um, but it's kind of just a strange thing. I mean, Gonzaga is a top team in the country nowadays. They've been a top team in the country um, for a couple of years now. But they haven't won anything, you know. That national championship is still going to haunt them until they can finally pull it off. And it really does seem like this is probably that year. You know, Gonzaga and Baylor are easily the top two teams in the country. I would guess that if you're filling out brackets today, um, Gonzaga and Baylor are in the final four for like 90% of brackets. Um, and I don't even think that's crazy high. I think it's uh, assuming that they don't just get absolutely screwed or something by like scheduling. And, you know, the committees give them super hard pass to the final four. Um, I, I see no reason why Baylor and Gonzaga won't be playing in the national championship as of right now. Um, but who knows? Still got a month out till the tournament. Anything can happen. Um, these teams can lose a bunch of games and and <laughs> and fall out of their one seeds. But um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see how all that shakes up. But that's enough for the news for this episode. Let's get into some picks. Starting out on Tuesday, February 2nd, we got an SEC matchup between Tennessee um, and Mississippi. Um, Tennessee comes into this game as five-point favorites. Um, Tennessee, the 19th-ranked team in the country, 12-3 and on the season. Ole Miss, the 68th-ranked team in the country, and 8-8 and on the season. Now, this Tennessee team, um, they've kind of gone under the radar a little bit for me. I didn't realize how great this Tennessee team was on defense, you know. They are the second um, 
uh, second in uh, defensive offensive efficiency. Not defensive off. That makes no sense. They're second in defensive efficiency um, in the country. You know, while Ole Miss not bad at 23, um, they're not two. You know, two is two is obviously better than 23 in this this circumstance. And they, Clemson's done a really good job defending the three. Only um, letting or only opponents have only hit 30.4 percent of their shots from beyond the arc. While Ole Miss kind of struggled in that area. Opponents hitting 36.2 or 36.3 percent from beyond the arc. Um, and Tennessee also shooting really good from beyond the arc. 34 percent. While Mississippi State only hitting not Mississippi State. Ole Miss hitting 27.8 um, from beyond the arc. Uh, Mississippi also really struggling to hit free throws, only hitting 51.5% of their free throws, while Tennessee hitting 72.5% of theirs. Um, and and Mississippi just turning the ball over a lot more, 19.7% of their possessions compared to Tennessee's 16.7% of theirs. So definitely like Tennessee, um, minus five to start out Tuesday's card. Um, the next game we got on Tuesday, got an A-10 matchup between Dayton and Duquesne. Dayton one-point favorites in this game. Um, now, Dayton comes into this game as the 49th-ranked team in the hot tip rankings. Duquesne, the 69th-ranked team. Um, and Dayton's 10-4 and on the season. Duquesne's 6-6 six and six on the season. Um, but the, And while this Dayton team's not what they were last year, um, obviously losing Obi Toppin, they are playing very good. You know, hitting 36.6 from three, 73.9 from the free-throw line. Um, and Duquesne, on the other hand, only hitting 29.7 from three. Um, and 64.6 from the free throw line. Um, and Dayton's really done a good job um, just on offense in general. 75th in adjusted offensive efficiency, while Duquesne 153 in adjusted offense of efficiency. Um, and Dayton shot the ball very well, too. 55.3 with an effective field goal percentage, um, while Duquesne an effective field goal percentage of 47.2. So definitely like Dayton um, to cover that one-point spread. Um, and the final game we got on Tuesday... <clears throat> got a Big Ten showdown between Illinois and Indiana. Illinois, three and a half point favorites. Um, now, Illinois is a team that I really like in the Big Ten. You know, they're fifth in the hot tip at rankings um, at 11 and five on the season. Indiana, 28th in the hot tip at rankings at nine and seven on the season. Um, and Illinois has done a very, very good job shooting the ball this year. You know, 39.9 from three with an effective field goal percentage of 57.3. Um, while Indiana, 34.9 from three with an effective field goal percentage of 51.6. Um, while those numbers aren't terrible for Indiana, they're just not Illinois' numbers. Um, you know, Kobe Cochran puts in up great points for um, Illinois, leading that team to victory um, in a lot of games. Um, and one thing that this Illinois team has done a very good job of is is pulling um, rebounds off the offensive glass, rebounding on 33.3% of their opposite. The, uh, getting the offensive rebound on 33, 33.3% of the time. Indiana only grabbing the offensive rebound 23.4% of the time. This Illinois team, just a much better team on both sides of the basketball. Seventh in adjusted offensive efficiency and 18th in adjusted defensive efficiency. Well, in the Indiana, 40th in adjusted offensive efficiency and 26th in adjusted defensive efficiency. So definitely like Illinois to cover the three and a half um, to, to finish off Tuesday's card. Moving on to Wednesday, February 3rd. First game we got on the card, it's an SEC matchup between Vanderbilt and Texas A&M. Vanderbilt comes into this game as the 126th ranked team in the hot tip at rankings. Tennessee, not Tennessee, Texas A&M, 106th in the hot tip at rankings. Um, now Vanderbilt, um, well, they are slight underdogs in this game. Um, they have played very good this season, you know. Um, doing a very good job holding on to the basketball, only turning it over 20% on 20% of their possessions. Well, Texas A&M turned it over on 23.4% of theirs. Um, and Vanderbilt's just a much better team on offense. 83rd in adjusted offensive efficiency. Texas A&M, uh, 190th in adjusted offensive efficiency. And this is really shows up in the shooting for Vanderbilt. 
Um, doing a very good job shooting the basketball. 34.4 from three with an effective field goal percentage of 51.3. Um, and we'll take his name 30.2 from three with an effective field goal percentage of 47.9. Um, but I think this game really comes down to free throws. And that's kind of where Vanderbilt's excelled coming into this one. Hitting 75.6% of their free throws so far this season. So definitely like Vanderbilt to cover the spread in this one. Getting that one done. Um, the next game we got for Wednesday, got Virginia taking on NC State. Virginia comes into this game as the sixth ranked team in the hot Tibet rankings, NC State 53. Um, well, NC State has played decently well this season. You know, they're the team I like. This Virginia team has just played very well. Um, and I think coming off that loss against Virginia Tech over the weekend, they're definitely going to be looking for a bounce back spot here. Um, and one thing, you know, everyone knows this Virginia team as the defensive team, um, which they are. However, you might be surprised to find out that this season, Virginia has a higher offensive efficiency than defensive, coming in at 11th in adjusted offensive efficiency, 17th in adjusted defensive efficiency, um, and both of those stacking up against NC State much better. Um, NC State only 61 in adjusted offensive efficiency and 94th in adjusted defensive efficiency. Um, and where this really shows up in the stats for Virginia um, is not turning the ball over, only turning it over on 14% of their possessions, while NC State turned it over on 17.7% of theirs. Um, and Virginia has really just taken advantage um, of scoring points when they can, you know, 39.3 from beyond the arc, you know, NC State not terrible at 36.2 from beyond the arc. Um, but one thing that Virginia has done very well um, to close out games this season is hitting their free throws, hitting 80.4% of their shots from the charity strike, while NC State only hitting 67.7% um, of theirs. So definitely like Virginia um, to cover the spread in that one. Um, and the final game we got for Wednesday, an American conference showdown between uh, SMU and Tulsa. While SMU has struggled at times this season, um, I do like them in this game. Coming this one, it's the 52nd ranked team in the hot tip at rankings. Tulsa 102. Um, and SMU has shot the ball very well. 34.9 from three, 73.7 from the free throw line. Um, and an effective field goal percentage of 52.1. Tulsa, um, kind of worse on every aspect of shooting. 30 or 28.9 from three, 67.0 um, from free throw line, and 49.1 effective field goal percentage. I mean, while these numbers aren't absolutely horrible for Tulsa, they're definitely not good. Um, and they're definitely not good for a conference that is as tough as the American. Um, and it definitely shows in some of uh, Tulsa's other stats, you know, turning it over on 20.2% of their possessions, while SMU only turning it over um, on 18.5% of theirs. Um, and SMU, just a better offensive team all around, 34th in adjusted offensive efficiency, while Tulsa 135 in adjusted offensive efficiency. So definitely like SMU to take care of business, cover the spread to cover or to close out um, Wednesday's card. Moving on to Thursday, the first game we got on Thursday, got Montana State taking on uh, Weber State, uh, Montana State comes into this game, 220th ranked team in the hot tippet Brett rankings, Weber State uh, 279 um, in the hot tippet rankings, and Weber State has done a good job shooting the threes so far this year, 37, hitting 37% of their shots, Montana State on the other hand only hitting 32% um, of their shots, but that's not it um, for Weber State, also very good from the field with an effective field goal percentage of 55.3, um, Montana State on the other hand an effective field goal percentage of 495 Um and, and Weber State has also just done a good job um, of rebounding the ball off the offensive glass, you know, pulling down 23.1% of the offensive rebounds while Montana State pulling down 20.2%. Um, and the Weber State team is just a better team on offense all around. 195 in adjusted offensive efficiency compared to Montana State, um, 258 in adjusted offensive efficiency. So, like Weber State to cover the spread in that one. 
And the final game that we got for Thursday's card, <clears throat> got Arizona State taking on Colorado. Now, this Colorado team is a team that I've loved watching um, all season long. Um, definitely one of my favorites out of the Pac-12. They come into this game as the 34th ranked team in the hot tippet rankings. Arizona State, the 60th ranked team um, in the hot tippet rankings. This Colorado team has done a dang good job shooting the ball this season. 84.1% um, from the free throw line, um, which is one of the best free throw shooting teams in the country, especially this deep into the season. Shooting 84% from the uh, the free throw line is an absolutely insane stat. Arizona State, on the other hand, um, 71.6, which, you know, is not a bad stat for most teams. Um, but when you're comparing these two, um, definitely not great. Um, and this really just backs it up. Well, this Colorado team is just a monster team on offense, 37% from beyond the arc, while Arizona State only 31.9. Um, and and Colorado's just doing a very good job pulling down the boards off the offensive glass, rebound 30.6% um, of their offensive rebounds, while Arizona State only 20.2. Um, and Colorado is just a better team all around. 12th in adjusted offensive efficiency, 47th in adjusted defensive efficiency, while Arizona State 68th in adjusted offensive efficiency and 102 in adjusted defensive efficiency. So definitely like Colorado um, to close out Thursday's card, cover the spread in this game. Um, and that about wraps it up as far as picks goes. Um, for this episode of the Hot Tip Bets podcast. Um, if you haven't already headed over to the website to check out the computer model picks up on the website, definitely go check that out. Um, got horse racing, college basketball, NBA, NHL. Um, we'll have picks for the Super Bowl um, this coming weekend. And definitely um, reach out if for whatever sports you want to see in the future. Obviously, we'll have NBA, not NBA, MLB. Well, we do have NBA, but <laughs> coming up, we'll have MLB. Um, and uh, football again in the fall. Um, but if you want to see soccer, golf, NASCAR, cricket, that probably not going to put cricket up. But <laughs> hey, if there's people out there that want picks for cricket, um, I can work on it. I can't make any promises how good the picks are going to be. <laughs> but if you want to watch cricket, definitely, definitely reach out um, um, to the podcast. Um, also take a look. Got all the rankings up on the website for college basketball, NBA, and NHL. Um, and as the new seasons start. Um, for every other sport, those will be up there too. And definitely take a look at the results pages on the website. Um, I've been working to make sure that those are all as accurate as possible. I, there was a couple of um, college basketball was a little bit off. Um, just the, the, with college basketball, um, when you're going from different data sources, getting all your stuff, the names naming is not consistent across any sport. So trying to make sure that all 357 teams are properly named across all my stuff is an absolute nightmare at times. So um, definitely, if anyone has experience with that, you, you can definitely reach out about that too. So, um, and if you're looking to reach out to me, keep saying to reach out, but where you can do that, um, definitely um, Twitter and Instagram are good ways to get to me. Um, Hot to bets, Chris on both of those. If you want to send those, I, my Instagram DMs, if you send me a DM on Instagram, I'm not going to see it. There, I just, I'm just not. There's so much spam in the Instagram DMs that I just don't even look at them anywhere. If you send it on Twitter, I might see it. It's it's like a 50-50 chance. If you reply to a tweet on Twitter, I'll almost definitely see that, though, um, if you want to do that. Or you can email chris at hottipbets.com. I will 100% see it if you email um, that. Um, and also, make sure you follow the Hot Tip Bets account on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, TikTok, YouTube, any other social media platforms that it might be on. Um, those are the, the big ones. But yeah, that about wraps it up for episode 26 of the Hot Tip Bets podcast. Um, and I'll see you all on Friday for Super Bowl Props Picks.